When you try to set your line up, but you don't know what to do. You can't make your mind up, need someone to turn to. We've got your back, we've got the stats, we'll help you block out all the haters. For fantasy football help, call 25 yards later. Hello and welcome into a quasi new episode of the 25 Yards Later Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Nick Luciano and I'm Elijah Motika. Um, so w- what is happening today is that last week we released our awards show for the fantasy football season um, and uh, we decided that we wanted to give it a little bit more life and breadth so um uh, before it was tied into our week 18 preview as well so uh we decided to make it a standalone um and release it so it's a little bit more evergreen and uh hopefully people feel more comfortable coming back to this episode and uh not really being turned off by the fact that it's like week 18 preview so totally irrelevant uh yeah football analysis now <laughs> yes so um that is what we're doing here if you've already listened to our week 18 preview um you can skip it but if you have not um or if you just want to give a, a second listen i'm sure it's a, a super fun episode yeah and even regardless like even if you've already heard it just give us the download yeah yeah just, well just... At, at this point they're already here so because they're listening to us so i think oh. that... so it's already done <laughs> yeah it's already done <laughs> <laughs> if you Check want you. yeah if you want you can just call it uh <laughs> <laughs> call it have a day um so we do though have one little bit of new content to add that's true um we uh in our last episode teased that the touchback player of the year the player that had the most kicks that uh, made their opponent start their next drive 25 yards later um, was coming down to two players uh, two Dallas, Gregs. yeah two Gregs uh, Dallas kicker Greg Zerline and Minnesota kicker Greg Joseph and it is my pleasure to announce that the 2021 touchback player of the year is Greg Zerline of the Dallas Cowboys. Congratulations, Mr. Zerline, on a fantastic year where he averaged exactly five touchbacks per game. You kicked it really far. You kicked it with your feet. You're the touchback player of the week. Congratulations. Wow. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can get some, like, raucous applause or yeah. something else in here <laughs> it's like just stack stack this <laughs> it's like clip that stack it a couple different ways change the pitches it, it's all, yeah. all all audio things yeah I'm you're sure. an audio engineer you're, you're talking about it like you know what you're doing yeah i know what i'm doing <laughs> um so uh yeah that we just wanted to introduce the show again um, I hope you enjoy our fantasy football awards. If you did not stop listening when we told you that you could stop listening. So without further ado, here is our fantasy award show. 
All right, so we are going to talk about some yearly awards now. So um, the first thing we're going to do is our all-fantasy team. So it's going to work a lot like sort of an all-pro team. Um, We have one quarterback slot, two running backs, um, three wide receivers, a tight end, um, a flex, which is kind of going to be a player that maybe worked as both a running back and a wide receiver. Um, There were two that uh, really stood out this year. So um, we're going to talk about them. And then um, uh, uh, defense and special teams and a kicker. Um, So some of the slots already have a player slotted in because they were just both of us were thought it's too obvious hands down too obvious uh the the list isn't valid without these players um those players are obviously Jonathan Taylor taking up one of the running back slots and Cooper Cup taking up one of the wide receiver slots um i would propose i am going to go ahead and propose to maybe go ahead and say Mark Andrews is the tight end to um join those players um do you agree do you want to have an argument maybe for kelsey kittle or schultz um yeah i mean i think that the argument for travis kelsey would just simply be that he's travis kelsey uh and he won people weeks um i bet that he would have finished as a tight end one without his missing week of covid um but Mark Andrews was, you know, probably drafted as the tight end four in most places, maybe the tight end five, right around where TJ Hawkinson was. And to finish as a tight end one was pretty awesome. And it was, you know, he finished as the tight end one in almost a class all his own. Um, that, I mean, he, it was kind of him and Kelsey and then everybody else. But even then, in PPR, he finished 35 points ahead of Kelsey. Um, but that is with an extra game. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it is probably Mark Andrews, as I've just talked myself through it. <laughs> um, so we don't have to talk too much longer about the tight ends. Honorable mention, though, to uh, Travis Kelsey. And then also to Dalton Schultz, who was a, a big surprise and is up for another award that we'll talk about here in a bit. I think the yeah, I think the big thing um for Kelsey holding me back for Kelsey is that it, if we do include the game he missed for COVID, he had um f- uh three games out of his last five in less than six points. <laughs> P- yeah. less than six PPR points. That's now rough. obviously you didn't too. play him in the game he missed, but um uh, and w- one of those games was a 40 point game in the middle of it mm-hmm. but um you may have had a hard time getting to your uh, your fantasy playoffs and your championship game um if you got uh week 13 5.7 week 14 5.7 week 16 0 uh and we're having to pick up like a CJ Uzama on waivers or something mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is kind of the big thing for me with Kelsey holding him back from being the number one guy 
on uh, the tight ends for the all fantasy team. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, Let's, I guess, do quarterbacks next. So we have um, the nominees are quarterback one, Josh Allen. Quarterback two, Justin Herbert. Quarterback three, Tom Brady. Quarterback four, Patrick Mahomes. Quarterback five, Joe Burrow. And quarterback seven, Aaron Rodgers. So I I think that right off the bat, I kind of want to eliminate Mahomes and Rodgers from the list. Okay. Um neither of them met their draft price uh, now admittedly it's hard to meet the quarterback one draft price when you uh, there's you can only fail or match right. that pretty much um and then rogers was drafted as the quarterback five and finished the quarterback seven but i think that there were uh quarterbacks that were drafted later than them that made a as much or more impact. And uh, even Josh Allen, who was quarterback one, I, I think that it, it, having being drafted quarterback two, I think that he clearly brought back his value, his draft value. Um, I think that so uh, I don't know if you have any qualms with eliminating those two from contention. Um, I I would just I don't think that Aaron Rodgers should win the award, um, but I do think that it's worth saying uh, that if we eliminate Aaron Rodgers week one, which was a one point three point fantasy performance against the Saints, that was just like absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we eliminate that. And then we also eliminate a game for injury um, where he scored a zero. I mean, we can't really do that. Um, But let's just go with eliminating week one. If we eliminate week one from weeks two to 17, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback four, which, you know, is above that quarterback draft price. And then, also, yeah, still like fifty points behind Josh Allen, though. <laughs> oh, certainly. Um, but I, I do think it is worth saying that I think as somebody that had Aaron Rodgers on the team, uh, he had, uh, he was just so solid. He only ever busted twice. Once was in that very first week, um, and then once was towards the middle of the season, right after coming off of the COVID list. Um, and beyond that, he just had such a high floor and then had some boom games throughout the season, too. I don't think that he deserves the award necessarily, um, but I do think that he is one of the... Uh, I would probably put him in the top three or four for the award instead of at sixth, where I think you might have him. Yeah, um, I think that... Make your case for who is... Uh, who is the all fantasy team quarterback representative? I I think my choice is Justin Herbert, but I at the same time oh. part of me is saying Burrow, and this is going to be a very uh, we're we're treading into dangerous waters here because I, I noticed in my prep for this that it is very Bengals heavy my uh, <laughs> my my ideas and choices so. 
Um, Joe Burrow, if we look, you know, quarterback five on the season, he was drafted um, the lowest out of anybody on this list at quarterback 13. Um, and if we look at when he got the hottest, it, it's been in the championship semifinals and in the championship game, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think can be like overstated. Um, Josh Allen, uh, absolutely great year. Um, I think that he is a great choice as well. Um, Herbert also, I would, I think as you know, the quarterback two on the year, um, very good, although did not have quite as good of a playoff run. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, even Tom Brady, I think, I, I think in my eyes, in my eyes, I think it's between Herbert, Brady, Burrow. Um, See, that's that, interesting. That's my top three, I think. That's really uh, and not necessarily in any order, but uh, with maybe a slight edge to Herbert. But um, yeah, th- I think that's my top three. I think that. I don't know. Josh Allen probably deserves it. But yeah, so interesting enough, I think uh of the of the four, who did you know that you could start every single week of the year? Um probably Josh Allen because you drafted him to to be there. Yeah, and I think you if you had Tom Brady, you started Tom Brady every single week. Mm-hmm. Um I think those two players, you knew that you could start every single week. Uh, there was a period in the middle of the season that you just could not start Justin Herbert uh, because you didn't know what you were going to get. I mean, week five, uh, and this is with a bonus for 400 passing yards, but week five, 50 points. Week six, 13, then a bye week. Week eight, 17. Week nine, 35. Week 10, 14. Like, that's mm, not a much guy... Much more boom and bust, yeah. Yeah, that's not somebody that you could start on a week-to-week basis. You know, you mentioned Joe Burrow, and as much as I love Joe Burrow, you know, in, in this league with the bonus, week 16, 51 points, week 17, 47 points. You won if you had Joe Burrow in those weeks, mm-hmm. but you didn't get to those weeks if you started Joe Burrow because in week, four, or in week 15, he had 14 points. So... You know, leading up to that from week 11 on, it was 11 points, 18 points, 18 points, 26 points, 14 points. You know, Joe Burrow to me cannot be the quarterback for the all fantasy team because it's purely based on week 16 and 17. And you didn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs with a 14 point performance. And you probably didn't start him in week 16 coming off of week 14 performance. Uh, or a week 15 performance. So I think it has to be Josh Allen as a guy that really busted twice on the season. Um, and unlike Tom Brady, you know, who had week 15, a four point performance, mm-hmm. Josh Allen was consistent. He finishes a quarterback one on the week, like four plus times. And I mean, it's really chalky because he finished quarterback one, but I feel like, He's the guy that you knew you could start every week, finish quarterback one multiple times on the week, uh, and didn't bust on you when it mattered most in your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, scored 25 more points than 
then second place too. I'm mm-hmm. yeah. Let's go, Josh Allen. You convinced me. Okay. Whew. Look at me go. <laughs> um, uh, and this is something too that I'd love. You know, we'll post out our all fantasy team. We'll post these awards on Twitter. Uh, share with us too if you think we're right. You think we're wrong think somebody else deserves a spot i think this will be really fun i like that we're having this conversation instead of just announcing the awards Mm -hmm. we can give our arguments uh you want to move on to the running backs here sure so jonathan taylor has uh, like we said at the top one of the slots locked down um and so some of the other nominees are austin eckler who was the running back two on the year uh joe mixon who was the running back four leonard fournette who was the running back five and James Con- James Conner, who's the running back eight, and Najee Harris, running back three. Um, I also think that the uh, this category has maybe the most interesting debate um, of any of the positions because I also want to nominate Derrick Henry for this, um, even though he missed half the year. Um, the thing is that he was so dominant for that first half of the year that I'm almost inclined to say that he he was worth it um mm. and that you know that eight game stretch was next to next to Jonathan Taylor was better than pretty much any eight game stretch of the season for any player in the league so um I think that there we should really maybe consider John or Derrick Henry in this slot. It, it's just tough because we only get two slots. Um, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry did miss half the year, but he was the uh, 40 points ahead of the running back two in week eight um, when he got hurt. So um yeah, I think that there's a really interesting argument to be made that may- maybe Derrick Henry deserves this slot. Um, uh, Austin Eckler, I I, th- I think that Austin Eckler, uh, and uh, at risk of being too chalk, um, is probably the player um, if we don't go Henry here. Um, although I think that there is something to be said for Leonard Fournette and James Conner um being top eight running backs when they were drafted outside of the top 30 um i think leonard fournette definitely would have definitely has an argument i think that my i and i will maybe rank these ones i think i want to put henry in but then after that it would be eckler fournette and mixon what Mm -hmm. are what are your thoughts here well, I was looking at you said, you know, that eight game stretch uh, that Derrick Henry had has put up against anybody there. Uh, and so I decided to take a peek that from weeks one through eight, uh, Derrick Henry had 193 PPR points. Uh, so then from week nine through 17, Jonathan Taylor had 208 PPR points. Whew. So even better than that. Yeah dominating and he was almost 50 points better than the rb2 uh who coincidentally was austin eckler in both metrics <laughs> he was second behind jonathan taylor weeks 9 through 17 he was second behind derrick henry weeks 1 through 8 
Um, so I think it is chalky, but I do think that Austin Eckler deserves the spot as the clear running back two, no matter who was the running back one for the season, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, is chalky. I definitely think that Derrick Henry deserves that honorable mention for this slot. Um, I It seemed like, you know, I had to add Najee Harris to this list because you didn't even have him on here at first. <laughs> Finishes the running back three in PPR. Unimpressively, volume-based completely. Um, mm. But volume is king in fantasy football. So I definitely think that Najee deserves a mention as I, I'm almost sure I don't have this in front of me, but I'm almost sure that he leads the league in touches at the position um, and leads the league in snaps played and a number of other things at the running back position. He was just on the field mm-hmm. all the time and did not miss snaps. Um, so I do think, though, that Austin Eckler deserves this spot, and I think that Derrick Henry does deserve that honorable mention for the all fantasy team because I think it it would have been inevitable if he played the whole season. That slot was his, but fantasy football is uh, you know you deal with injuries in fantasy, and that's part of the game. Um, Austin Eckler also snubbed from the Pro Bowl, so I think that this is it, yeah he it's deserves not the a Pro score. Bowl, but I think that how yes, is he snubbed from the Pro Bowl? I Jeez. seventeen touchdowns. <laughs> My God. Um, that guy gets no respect. Let's give him respect. It's Nick. it's the most egregious running back snub since, and, and I'm still mad about this one. D'Angelo <laughs> Williams rushed for 1,500 yards and 20 touchdowns in 2008, hmm. and uh, was snubbed from the Pro Bowl. 1,500 yards and 20. It'd be like Jonathan Taylor getting snubbed from the Pro Bowl this year. He's the best yeah. running back in the league that year. Oh man. <sighs> wow, you still are salty about this. <laughs> the 2008 Panthers. Okay. We should stop there. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I moving really on. Like the 2008 Panthers more than the 2015 Panthers. Okay. All right. So um, uh, I think we have our two. It's Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler. Yes. All right. Um, moving on to wide receivers. Yeah, so Cooper Cup much is the Jonathan Taylor of the wide receivers, so he got a automatic slot. Um, I think I th- Jonathan Taylor is the Cooper Cup of the running backs. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, f- so we have three wide receiver slots to fill, or two more wide receiver slots to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time, I think I'm going to insist that Jamar Chase has to be in. That's so interesting. I knew you were going to say it. And woe is me for talking down Bengals. Uh, tell me why. Um, well, first of all, he, if you had him in the playoffs, you probably won your league. That's, if you had him in the championship game, you probably won your league. He had a good week. He, he had a perfectly fine week. Um 16 mm-hmm. i think he had a hundred yards and like seven touchdowns he just wasn't t higgins like t higgins had the game that jamar chase had the next week pretty mm-hmm. much what um, did he do what did he do in week 15 oh that i don't know he had one reception for three yards yeah it's fine <laughs> he is a wide receiver wide receivers go up and down unless you're named cooper cup but i think you know jamar chase coming off of the greatest 
uh, fantasy day of the season, I think, uh, for a wide receiver. 11 receptions, 266 yards, three touchdowns. And, you know, in in our league that has the bonus uh, for a 200-yard receiving day, scored 65 points by himself. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is amazing. Um, and mm-hmm. I think... As, if we're factoring draft price in as well, mm-hmm. you know, he was a wide receiver 29 off the draft board, you know, going into the draft season, uh, he was dropping all his passes in the preseason. We flipped to saying you should draft T Higgins ahead of Jamar chase. Uh, and obviously that was wrong. You know, rookie wide receiver broke the record that Justin Jefferson set last year for most receiving yards by a rookie wide receiver has a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. I think most touchdowns by a rookie wide receiver since um, Randy Moss, I think is the stat. Um, So yeah, I mean, I just said all the reasons why he deserves to be on this list. (laughs) I think he deserves to be on the, so yeah, I think he needs to be on the list. Um, so now the obviously the most interesting slot will be the last one. Um, so with Chase in, um, I don't think we ran down the other nominees. Um, we have Devonte Adams who finished as the wide receiver two, uh, Justin Jefferson who finished as the wide receiver four, uh, Deontay Johnson who finished as the wide receiver eight, and um, some lower players but ones that um had really incredible draft value return um hunter renfro who finished as the wide receiver 11 but was the wide receiver 85 off the draft board and jalen waddle who finished as the wide receiver 14 but was drafted as the wide receiver 44 um this one's tough to me um the contrarian in me really wants to say Hunter Renfro, who was really, really good. Um, you know, white top um twelve wide receiver on the year. Um, even though he was borderline undrafted. Um it, it, I think is very much, you know, probably one people leagues. But I don't know, a wide receiver eleven, I think, is probably still maybe too far down to really be an all fantasy player. Um, Devonte Adams almost quietly being the wide receiver too, and putting up 30 points at PPR in four of six games to end the season. Um, I, I, I think I'm leaning him, even though it feels a little bit too chalk. Um, I don't know why I really emphasized the L and chalk that time. Um, <laughs> so, and then um, I know that you're partial to Deontay Johnson. Um, he doesn't deserve this award though. I, yeah. I'm okay. Um, so I, I think weirdly, I think it's between those two players to me. I just don't know if, Devonte Adams is I, I'm kind of between is Devonte Adams too chalk or is Hunter Renfro really deserving? Well, um, then I think maybe you need to go with Justin Jefferson. <laughs> uh, Justin, I Jefferson. do like uh, I, I Justin Jefferson more or less carried me to the championship game in our league of records. So I'm all 
here to hear about Justin Jefferson if you want. Yeah, so Justin Jefferson only scored less than 10 points one time this season. Pretty uh, good. Interestingly, Hunter Renfro only score, scored less than 10 points three times. So he was pretty good too. Uh, also interesting, though, is that Devontae Adams, how many times did he score less than 10 points on the season? Um, I was actually about to look that up. Um, I'm going to guess that Devontae Adams was bolstered by his really good run at the end of the year. So I, so whatever, so if Hunter Renfro had three bust games, I'm going to say Adams had four just to be cute. (laughs) So Devontae Adams had one. Okay. And it was the game that he didn't play. <laughs> so in games played, Devontae Adams had zero. In games that you started him, Devontae Adams never scored less than 10 points and finished the fantasy season not just four out of six weeks over 30 points, but the last three out of four weeks when you needed to clinch the playoffs and in your semifinal and final week. Um, I think it's Devontae Adams. I think I'm leaning consistency here with my awards uh because i think the all pro or the all fantasy team is all about players that you knew you could start every single week and that could win you weeks um and that was Devonte adams that was also justin jefferson but he did have a bust week and his boom weeks were not on the same level as mm-hmm. Devonte adams were even though he had a couple really nice weeks um Hunter Renfro didn't have the same type of boom to him either and had more bust games. Deontay Johnson had no boom. Uh, so I, I think it's got to be, you know, it's, it's not really chalk. We're picking Jamar Chase, who's the wide receiver five, uh, as one of these slots. But I think it's got to be Devontae Adams um, as our pick. Yeah, I, he was one of the two people that I meant or that i was considering for this slot as well so um i'm certainly okay with Devonte adams here um, all right so we, then that means mark andrews is our uh tight end selection uh-huh. as we already talked about so moving on to the flex position here you want to talk a little bit about what qualifies somebody as a flex yeah so um we chose two nominees for this slot um, and one is Debo Samuel, who was the wide receiver three on the season. And the other is Cordero Patterson, who was the running back seven on the season. So um, these were players that kind of ended up playing um, a lot of snaps at running back, a lot of snaps at wide receiver. So uh, since they were borderline positionless players we decided to kind of put them in their own uh position on for our awards um i think here as great of a story as cordero was and as you know much as he helped people out um for pretty much free like no one no one drafted cordero patterson no one he wasn't on really hardly anyone's radar coming into this year. No, um, he wasn't in our dynasty league. He was on waivers in our dynasty league and even like didn't get picked up immediately. Yeah. So as good of a story as Cordero is, I think that Debo has to be 
this. I mean, wide receiver three on the entire year. Still returned a great, great, great draft price at the wide receiver 35. Um, did he? I don't remember. Did Debo miss some games? Debo missed one. Uh, so finished as the wide receiver three and in, in less games than everyone else. Um, is really, you know, really consistent all the all year. Um, yeah, it looks like he never scored less than 10 points in any game that he played. Mm-hmm. Um, had some good boom weeks. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, to me, Debo Samuel is the pick here. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that 100%, particularly considering, and we'll talk about this for our next award a little bit, or at least I plan to, uh, the fact that Cordero, Pat- Cordero Patterson finished the season uh, with an abysmal streak. And we talked about that in our speed round last week uh, going into the championship that Cordero Patterson just lost all of his opportunities, uh, all of his touches towards the end of the year, uh, You know, finishing 12 points, 13 points, 4 points, 8 points, 7 points the last five weeks. So he definitely got you to the playoffs, but he didn't help you win a title. Uh, whereas Debo... You know, last three weeks, 18, 28, 17. Uh, you know, so that's somebody that helped you win a title mm-hmm. if you had him on your roster. So I agree. I think it's Debo Samuel as our flex selection for this all fantasy roster. And the final um, award for the on our all fantasy team um, is, of course, the kicker. Um and we nominated the top three kickers um, on the season here, Nick Folk, Justin Tucker, and Evan McPherson. Um, I think I'm okay giving this to your Bengals. What do you What do you think? I would love that. I mean, I think nobody knew anything about Evan McPherson. Uh, he's a rookie kicker. Uh, he had some boom to him. If you played in these last four weeks of the season in some tough matchups for kickers, he scored more than 10 points every single week. Uh, So that's somebody also that helped you to win a title. Um, I mean, I would just love to give this award to Evan McPherson. I think that Justin Tucker is without a doubt the best kicker in the league. Uh, You know, quietly had the, you know, the number two finish at kicker. Um, but he really kind of stunk it up along with the Ravens to finish the season. Um, whereas Evan McPherson thrived to finish the year. Um, and then Nick Folk, I don't know. The dude's name is Nick Folk. Uh, and he also stunk it up to finish the year. Uh, yeah. His last four weeks of playing, it was just unstartable. Um, so he was really helped with a, a more solid mid-season um but i really think that it's evan mcpherson here um just for consistency sake alone and he had some really big boom weeks on top of that as well yeah the kicker won since week 14 so um whereas tucker was kicker three and i don't even know i don't even think i've come across nick folk's name he's down to the 20s so um 20 kicker 28 for since week 14 so yeah, I think that McPherson um, is the guy there. Cool. Um, uh, and we skip defenses. Uh, oh, yes, so defenses. Who is our, it's basically between two. 
the Cowboys, who are the defense number one, and the Patriots, who are the defense number two. I kind of want to give it to the Cowboys just for their swag and their turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I don't like either of these teams, <laughs> uh, but I just feel like, you know, the Trayvon Diggs just swagger is mm-hmm. deserving of the Cowboys getting this top defensive spot. Yeah. Um, do you remember what the stat was from the last the last show that you had about the Cowboys defense and how they had scored like a defensive touchdown in something like half the games on the year. Yeah, let me uh, pull it up really quick. It's uh, scored a defensive touchdown in five of their last seven games. Uh, So that was, uh, I guess that's going to be five of their last eight games because I don't remember them scoring a defensive touchdown last week. Um, They did not. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, especially scoring on the defensive side like they they kind of stunk it up against arizona Mm -hmm. um whereas the patriots did not against the jags but that's a matchup based deal you kind of knew not to start the dallas defense against arizona um so i i just want to yeah they scored so many touchdowns (laughs) uh they had so many turnovers i think this one goes to the cowboys yes the cowboys finally winning something um (laughs) First time in 25 years that the the Cowboys come out on top. Well, we'll have um, to let them know that their all fantasy uh, <laughs> plaque is in the mail. Um, so uh, we just have a couple more awards here that we wanted to hand out. So the first was the waiver wire pickup of the year. Um, some very deserving players here with Cordero Patterson, who we've talked about a little bit. Amon Ross St. Brown, who really came um, a wide receiver for the Lions, who came on really strong at the end of the year. Dalton Schultz, who was a top five tight end. Hunter Renfro, who we've also talked about um, to this point. Um, That is our list of nominees. So um, for me, I think I do want to go Cordero here. What do you think? I think so as well. Uh, Cordero... Even though he let you down uh, at the end of the year, I mean, to be drafted as the RB74, which is really to be undrafted Mm. uh, and then finish as a top 10 running back, that just doesn't, I mean, especially for it to be Cordero Patterson. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it's not some rookie that nobody expected, you know, like it's not Jeremy Hill when he did it back in the past or, you know, whoever. It's it's freaking Cordero Patterson, who we all knew. And when he started playing well, we were all like, oh, well, we know who that guy is. So I'm not going to believe it. And they just kept doing it. And yeah, that's that's waiver wire gold right there. I think there's also a little bit of a positional bump where, um, with Certainly. the exception of Dalton Schultz, everyone else is a wide receiver on this list. Oh. And um, where you need, you know, people have whole strategies of needing to pick up of the running back um, in free agency that uh, that hits. And I think Cordero Patterson really helped a lot of people less so in the playoffs, but uh, leading up to it um, really helped a lot of people win a lot of games. Um, Our next award is championship game MVPs. And you listed a couple people here, but I really just think that you made this category up to, 
give Jamar Chase another award because um, the two players that you picked um, com- uh, barely combined to outscore Jamar Chase in our re- league of record this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Jamar Chase went nuclear. I Interestingly, though, I actually I wrote this award because I saw what uh, Rashad Penny did and saw what Rashad Penny has done recently in the playoff run. And so I wrote his name down, and I was like, oh, wait, he's not going to win this award. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I do think that without the, uh, without the bonus, Jamar Chase has 55 points. Uh, so he's outscored by Penny and Amon Ross St. Brown. But yeah, I mean, it's Amon Ross St. Brown had over 30 points in the championship game, which almost cost me my third place finish and my victory against my brother. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's gotta be Jamar chase. The, I, the best wide receiver performance of the entire year. And he did it in the championship game and everybody started him because he's Jamar chase and he was the top five wide receiver on the season. So I'm very grateful to Amon Ross St. Brown. I started him in the league where I won by a single passing yard. So yeah. I needed every bit of that 33 <laughs> points. Uh, but yeah, in again, our league of record has a 10 point bonus for 200 receiving yards, and he scored 65.6 points. Um, whereas Amon Ross St. Brown and Elijah, or, uh, Elijah Penny, Rashad Penny <laughs> combined for 67 points. So yeah, I, Jamar Chase, it's, I, we've talked about him too long for this award as his from the start. Yeah. Um, we also, wanted to talk about kind of our own personal fantasy MVPs. Um, so the player that kind of maybe had the most impact for us um, in our own fantasy leagues. So Elijah, how about you start us off here? Yeah. So that for me is going to be Deontay Johnson. Um, he is somebody that I drafted in every single league that I was in this year. He was basically, if you asked me going into the season, Who's the player that you believe in? It was Deontay Johnson. Uh, he was being drafted in the middle rounds, basically. Um, he was drafted as the wide receiver 21, so that kind of fourth-ish round pick. Um, so not quite the middle rounds, but in in that range where you could still find a wide receiver one, but it was late. Um, and he only scored less than 15 points twice on the season. You know, our threshold when we were talking about the all wide receiver group, the all fantasy group was 10 points, whereas Deontay Johnson only scored less than 15 twice. uh, And his lowest score on the season was 9.8 points. So he essentially never scored less than 10 points on the season. Uh, And not only that, he had 15 plus fantasy points in six of his last seven games. Uh, which you know he showed up when it mattered. And on top of that, he played on Monday Night Football in Week 17, Championship Week, came down to... I, I was trailing in the Dynasty League going into that game. I was trailing in my third-place game against my brother in our League of Record to try and win that money back. And I was trailing by six points in Dynasty, and he beat that threshold. I was trailing in four, by 14 points in our league of record, and he beat that threshold. And it was all up to him. 
The week prior, it was all up to Devontae Parker, and that man couldn't do it. But when I counted on Deontay Johnson, when I needed him to come through, he did. So yeah, Deontay Johnson is my personal fantasy MVP for my season. So I mine's a little weird. I probably could have gone chalk here um, because in the James co-league, I had Cooper Cup, who pretty much carried an otherwise kind of just average fantasy team mm-hmm. to a 10 wins a four seed and um, the fantasy semifinals. Um, So I could have gone with him. I had Jonathan Taylor on the team that I won the fantasy championship in. Um, But I only had both of those guys in like one place. And while it's not really like a requirement, they had to be on multiple of your teams. I think it, does make sense that Mm -hmm. you know we should probably pick someone as our personal mvps that was on multiple of our teams um and there was one player that was on both teams that made the championship game for me um he was a wide receiver one in average points among players that had eight plus games played um he um is the wide receiver four since week 12 uh he returned very much returned his wide receiver 27 average draft position and that was t higgins more um, Bengals. yeah more Bengals. so um yeah i it may be a weird pick i maybe i should have gone with one of those chalk guys but you know just looking at his contributions to the two teams that made it to the championship game for me. Um, I think that he's still a very deserving choice. Yeah. And also Um, a guy that missed two games early on in the season that you didn't mm -hmm. know what to do with at the beginning. Uh, You were worried about at the beginning and then, and was doing it off of some low volume for a little while as well. Uh, But yeah, he really showed out. Uh, from week eight on, um, even you know from week seven on, basically uh, only two bus games there, um, and then to get you to the championship game with that massive forty-three mm-hmm. point performance that could have been even more massive uh, in our league with the bonus. He just needed six more yards. Um, I think it's a great pick. Yeah, there's another a kind of goofy. Um check mark in his column too is that um i played him in dfs during that week Mm. um and won like a hundred dollars because he's just i had a burrow and t higgins stack and that was pretty much all you (laughs) needed that week yep um so yeah i think that higgins is very much my fantasy my personal fantasy mvp on the year um our final award um for the episode and for the year is our season long MVP. Um, it pretty much comes down to Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. I think that these are pretty much everybody's one, two, as far as fantasy player of the year. Um, they're probably the favorites for offensive player of the year um, in real life NFL. Um, and I think. We are. We talked a little bit about it before uh, the show, and I think we're both in agreement that 
the 2021 fantasy MVP for the season is Cooper Cup. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did the, we were trying to decide if we wanted to have a conversation about this on the show. Uh, and as we were trying to decide that, we basically decided like it just wasn't that close. Uh, Cooper Cup is not only the number one wide receiver, he is the number one player on the season by a significant margin. The only player to score more than 400 fantasy points. Uh, obviously, all of our uh, scoring, all of our stats are in PPR. Um, but, you know, he outscored all the quarterbacks uh, in four point scoring, which just doesn't happen. And even in six point scoring, he is the fifth highest scoring player, uh, which is just, I mean, it's outrageous. It doesn't happen. Mm. It's Cooper Cup and good stat here. He was 48% of teams that uh, he was on 48% of teams that made it to the championship game in ESPN league. So basically, you know, you had a coin flips chance at the championship game just from having that guy on your team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and his rate, um, of championship games that he was in was 10% higher than any other player. So, which is just ludicrous ludicrous the fact and you know the fact that he was not in 50 percent of fantasy championships is just wild yeah and so, especially it's a guy at his draft price as well you know, yeah drafted as wide receiver 17 you know he was a, a fourth round pick basically third fourth round pick uh drafted right around you know it was like who do you draft robert woods or cooper cup i don't know flip a coin well if you flip the coin right then you had a 50% chance at making it to your fantasy championship. So that's the guy. Yes. Um, so yeah, that is our awards. Congratulations to all the players. Um, even just the nominees who all had fantastic years or fantastic games. <laughs> and with that abrupt ending, that is the end of our fantasy award show. Thank you all so much for listening throughout the season and to this final weekly episode that we have. It has been an absolute blast to get through this whole season together with you. Uh, we will see you throughout the off season once a month. Next episode coming up in February. Um, and, you know, we will also see you. 25 yards later. Thank you for listening to 25 Yards Later, Sports Obsessive's fantasy football podcast brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. Audio editing by Mitch Proctor and music by Elijah Motika.